Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Throughout the month of December, the Ringer staff will be releasing their year-end reviews covering the best and worst of 2019 in sports, TV, movies, music, and more. This week, we're getting started with Shay Serrano and Rob Harvilla on the best albums of the year, and Allison Herman and Chris Ryan break down the best TV shows. We'll have tons more in the coming weeks, so make sure to check it out on TheRinger.com. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Cousin Sal. Big, big day today. I am flying to Chicago, part of the Thursday night football festivities, Cowboys and Bears. Huge, huge game, huge playoff implications. Not really, but I I contracted to go and I will be there. We are here, though, today. We have a lot to cover. Heel producer Jim Cunningham is here with me. What's happening, Jim? Not much. How you doing? Jim, you had your $2 million bet. This has not been, uh, it's not been good. We're down several, several million dollars. I, I made this, you know, double, double <laughs> the importance of Bill Simmons' million dollar picks. And you keep, I feel like you're betting the Jets or betting against the Jets or betting the Giants against the Giants. <laughs> Last week, you had the Jets minus three and a half. They did not show up in Cincinnati. What do you have to say for yourself? Yeah, Sam Darnold, that was a mistake. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll win it back this week. All right, let's get it all back this week. We're going to preview all the big NFL games. Like I said, Dallas, Chicago, maybe not so big. San Francisco, New Orleans, Baltimore, Buffalo, KC, New England, Seattle, and the Rams. We're going to uh, take a ride on Captain Morgan's make-believe Riverboat Casino. We'll do Sharp Tank, best bets from the fellas. And here they are, my gurus of gambling, my wizards of wagering, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren the Parlay Kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's happening? What's going on, buddy? Well, listen, I want to thank you guys. Uh, you know, some of you are playing hooky. Some of you are uh, using uh, an extended lunch hour to do this. We're doing this in the morning. We usually do this in the afternoon or on the East Coast at night when uh, everybody's home. Harry had nothing else to do. It was fine. But, Harry, I want to talk, <laughs> first of all, I want to go to our mailbag, odds at gmail.com. That's where you could send us whatever. You want to send us gambling-related, your bad beats um your bad beats through history or maybe just something like this um this is from julio c i'm not going to say his entire name but he says i don't know who reads these or expect it to be read on the podcast but i've been going through a really tough time and you guys have helped thank you please keep it up you might not get these enough but you get people through things just by busting harry's balls there you go harry so it's worth it (laughs) i'm glad i could help julio glad i could (laughs) yes And we're going to continue. I'm sorry. That's all I have to hear. Sometimes I feel bad and everyone's like, oh, Harry, Harry's too good for this podcast. Maybe so. But someone like Julio sends that. And I want to, you know, well, let's continue to bust your balls. You know, Harry Ken, your former boss, now friend that lets you live in the house because he fired you. He sent a picture of your girlfriend seated next to you. She's in the Gosh. middle seat in the last row, which doesn't recline. A Southwest flight, middle seat next to you, a 270-pound man who had just polished off 40 chicken wings. So, Julio, I think what I'm saying here is no matter how bad you think things are, just know they could always be worse. Right, Harry? I guess, sure, yeah. Okay. Harry, how did you do with that wing challenge? I know you did Thanksgiving during the uh, Lions-Bears game. You attempted to break, I I don't know, you imposed 30. Oh, the over-under was 39 or so, right? Or 30, was that what it was? You had to beat that. Thirty nine. I had a little issue with uh, the place that I was supposed to go into. They first, at night they said uh, the night before they said it was all set up. They'd have a booth for me, and then when I got there at ten o'clock in the morning, uh, and when the Bears game had just started, uh, they said I couldn't come in there because I couldn't use my computer. So actually, <laughs> I set up uh, right outside of there where security didn't bother me, and right. uh, they actually sold chicken wings at the uh, deli. So I still was able to do it. And I actually, uh, before halftime, uh, the, the game was five minutes in when I set up. By halftime, I had 40 down. I had done nice, and that was enough. And you made them yeah. pay for it by, uh, by abusing their bathroom afterwards, I'm sure. So <laughs> they, they should be careful of that next time. But good job by you. Um, yeah, you yep. continue to light it up in this uh, gold nugget contest, in the wing-eating contest. Of course, you lost your best bet on this show. You had Memphis minus 11. They were not covering that for um, even one second, right? No, but, you know, also, if the guy doesn't, if the, if the idiot doesn't pick off the pass at the 45-yard line, they would have had 
three minutes to go, they would have been at the it was it was fourth and twenty four. They would have had the ball at the uh, I think the nineteen yard line if he doesn't intercept it with three minutes to go. They kick a field goal even, and they they win by thirteen. They cover. They don't do it. They had the ball at the forty five. They run the clock out. Game's over. They win by ten. Oh. Bad loss. All right. Okay, you'll hear that and more excuses from Harry as we as the hour moves on. Um, Brother Bry. True. Some people went on the show. Brother Bry had Ohio State minus nine and a half. Good job by you. They ended up crushing Michigan. It looked like it was going to be close for a second, and then they just turned it on. They are just they're an offensive juggernaut. They really are. But even a better accomplishment, I would say. Last night, his Booger uh, McFarlane parody Twitter account was shut down. What happened there, Brother Bry? <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the uh, Daily Booger account was uh, locked uh, because I guess using a likeness, uh, they said it, <laughs> you have to explain that it's a parody account, which it was explained that it was a parody account. So I'm not sure really what happened there, why it was locked, uh, but it's back up and running, I think, okay, good. Uh, right now. But yeah, so Booger, I don't know if you, know, you, you tweeted out something too off of the Daily Booger one that yes. um, the, the Minneapolis Miracle it was funny. I was sitting there watching. It's funny when I watch the games now. So you know how like my TV set up. I actually had two of the. I have two of the three games on the Monday night game, and I actually keep one behind just so, just in case I miss something that he says or I think I hear something, it's on the next one. So I can just. I don't even have to rewind it. It's just coming on right behind it. So it's a good strategy by me. But I thought I heard it wrong when he said the Minneapolis Miracle. I was like, that can't be right. He didn't really just say that. And then it's like, oh, yes, he did say that. Yeah. He said that Vikings fans could benefit from a, a, a weird tip ball interception return for a touchdown because they've been through so much. And he named the Minneapolis Miracle as one of the plays that have, have done the fans in over the years. And, of course, that play was Stefan Diggs. A miraculous walk-off touchdown against the Saints. So I don't know what the hell he was talking about. I don't know why your parody account was shut down. I feel like he is doing a parody of himself in these games, which is great. It's a lot of fun, and I appreciate <clears throat> Brother Bry watch painstakingly watching and listening for these sound bites, much like uh, the FBI analyzing Trump's calls with the Ukrainian. Pre- you're you're just in there, and you can't get enough, and you do a good job by that. Now, Parley Kid. Oh, my God. All right. You had what seemed to be an easy Thanksgiving teaser. You had the Saints to take care of business against the Falcons. That was a revenge game from a couple weeks ago. They just had to win by a point. They did. And then our Cowboys over the Bills, another loss against a team with a winning record. And that parlay went down. And uh, a lot of us went down with it. Yeah. uh, What can you say? To me, what I would like to emphasize in, in this game is that you know, we always go after Garrett. And look, obviously, he shouldn't be coaching this team anymore. But we're going to see it at least to the end of this uh, to the end of this year. But that was a collective team effort in terms of a loss. Didn't play well on either side of the ball. The players didn't execute at all after the first drive. Right. So that was one of the best first drives we've seen them have. Yeah. Um, in, in years. And then uh, I thought they would seize the momentum uh, in the game when uh, they went for it on fourth and a half a yard from their right. own 20. They, they get it. They're up 7 nothing. I'm like, oh, let's punch it in. Let's go 14 nothing, And then maybe we, we roll this game. Then they go the next three. They go three and out after that. And the game was never the same after that. It was uh, one of the worst performances I've seen from that team in a long time. I really felt yeah. like a lot of these other games comes down to coaching or something like that. That was from the players was a terrible performance by all. They should be ashamed of themselves. It really was. We were out-muscled defensively. I'm not ready. You know, the Bills, they kill me every year, and I'm like, oh, that's a team. Okay, yeah, yeah, you make the playoffs. All right, I'm going to go against them in the playoffs, and it just never works out. Uh, We'll talk more about them in a minute. We're going to talk more about the Cowboys in a second, but I am now really impressed with the Bills. Not so impressed with the Cowboys, but we're going to talk about their road to a, a NFC East title bid. It's not as difficult as it looks. Um, for the Cowboys, mainly because they're in the NFC East. But let's discuss the NFL Super Bowl odds for the first time in a long time. And in many, many months now, the Patriots are not the favorite to win the Super Bowl. It's the Ravens at plus 260. The Pats are 4-1. to one, Saints plus 550. 49ers 8-1. to one, Chiefs 10-1. to one, Seahawks 12. Packers 15. Then it gets sketchy. Our Cowboys are in there somewhere. Parlay kid. But let's talk Thursday night. We're going to go through a bunch of these games. 
Um, I, you know, it's on my network, so I can't say anything bad about it. But out of the five games we're previewing, this one is the most lackluster. Dallas at Chicago. Cowboys favored by three over under 42 and a half. People are actually mad at me. I said Simmons mad at me that the Cowboys are favored here when we did this Sunday night. I don't make the lines. I have nothing to do with it. Um, I will say when you think about it, no team, neither of these teams has shown up at 100 percent. But if you see them at 70 percent, I think I mentioned still the Cowboys are the better team. Now, whether they win or not is a different story. Harry, you're, of course, picking against them. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bears plus three. Uh, Bears are catching the Cowboys at possibly the right time. Dallas lost three or four games, and Zeke Elliott failed to record 100 yards rushing for the fourth straight game. The Bears could uh, cause issues for the Dallas game clogging up the middle, and they do have the seventh-best rated defense in the NFL. Mitch Trubisky, Michitate, has thrown for three touchdowns in a game twice in the last four games, and rookie uh, David Montgomery finally got rolling last week. He had almost 100 yards from scrimmage. He had a touchdown. Chicago at least beat Minnesota this year and held them without a touchdown. All Dallas's wins are versus teams under 500. The Bears is the play on Thursday. What did you what did you say, Mitchitate? I haven't heard that one. <laughs> What's that? I Mitchitate, you say? Trubisky, and then I said, Miss you, Tate. <laughs> oh, Miss you, Tate. Oh, okay. Oh, I get yeah. it. I got you. All right. I thought it was another yeah. I mean, Mitch Trubisky has so many nicknames at this point. I didn't know what to expect. All right, Parley kid, uh, you're going. You're going Cowboys here. You are living and dying with this team. Uh, I want to say this, Parley kid. Again, I don't know. If, I don't know if you heard me say this, but and I know you know this too. They really don't need these next two games, Bears and Rams, um, if they go to Philly and win, and then if they win in, uh, against the Redskins at home, Week 17. So it's weird. No matter what happens in these next two games, if those two things take place, the Cowboys are the NFC East champions. But you like them Thursday night. I think you know. I think they can make their life a lot easier by winning mm-hmm. one of these next two games. Um, again, I, I I don't know why I'm having uh, putting any faith in this team, uh, but at the same time, I think we have to kind of go back and think about just a couple weeks ago how god awful we thought the Bears were. Right? Like we really. It was just a few weeks ago, uh, maybe even less than that, uh, we were talking about how they just look terrible. Trubisky looks like uh, he's a complete bust. Um, what has really changed? I mean, they, they beat the Lions uh, on Thanksgiving with a third-string yeah. quarterback. Uh, you know, so what's really changed with them? Now, there's, again, so that's why I'm really going with the Cowboys here. I mean, they are 3-0 against the spread in their last three road games. Uh, the Bears are one and seven in their last eight against the spread. Um, I think the Cowboys again. We talk about the talent. It's, it's. Uh, I'm just banking on it showing up. I think they're going to pound the ball here. It's obviously going to be cold in Chicago. I think the Cowboys' running game with a more efficient passing game than the Bears have uh, will help the Cowboys cover this. It's not going to be a blowout, but uh, this could be 24-20. Cowboys barely cover this three, but uh, let's roll with them. All right, Paula Kidd, maybe this will make you happy. We'll tide you over until Thursday. Dak Prescott on Thursday night football. Obviously doesn't include Thanksgiving games. Completion percentage close to 70. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. 109.3 passer rating. 3-0 and straight up. 2-1 and against the spread. Yeah. Get it done, Cowboys. Stop screwing around. I can't pick this game because exactly. I'm doing it live on the field during the pregame show. Thursday night football on Fox. Let's go San Francisco, New Orleans. Another great one. This is really good. I was very impressed with San Francisco, like I said. They are west, traveling east. They put up a fight against the Ravens. They scored first. They forced a fumble on Lamar. Played solid defense throughout in the rain. Lost by a field goal. Saints still haven't figured them out. I think they're good. Um, I feel like they haven't put two good games together in a row. They could have put Atlanta away. I I felt like Atlanta could have covered um, but Saints were going to win no matter what. Now they're home. The Saints minus three, 44 is the over under. Brother Bry, you're taking the road team? Yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers here. Look, I actually think the 49ers, I think, I don't know, watching the 49ers to me, they might be the best team. I know, I mean, that Ravens game was a fantastic game. Could have gone either way. Actually, the, San Francisco really gave Baltimore their first two touchdowns with uh, Garoppolo with a really bad fumble, and then they had a personal foul. Uh, so they, that's how they got their first 14 points. But again, could have gone either way. This is one of those games, though, two really even, even opponents. So I'd feel better taking the points in this one. I think the 49ers are definitely going to get to breeze. 
um, and they're going to do enough offensively. I actually like them to, to steal this game from them. Uh, this is a huge game. I mean, huge game for both teams. Uh, San Francisco really needs this uh, for their division, although I guess if they beat Seattle the next game, that, that's probably the bigger game. But the only question I would have on San Francisco would be, and again, the NFL kind of screws these teams. You go back-to-back weeks where you have to travel east, and then you're also playing the 10 a.m. game. I don't know why yeah, they're doing right. this to them again, which stinks. But you know what? They played so well in that Baltimore game. I I, I do think they're top, maybe the top team, two or, or at least the top three team, and i like them to actually win this game outright. Yeah, I was looking at that, Brother Bry. Week 17 against Seattle in Seattle. That's probably for the uh, NFC West. They, they still have tough games, San Francisco, but that's that's probably that's. But then again, what, why, why wouldn't you want the fifth seed here? I know it's an extra game unless you get a bye, but you go into Dallas, San Francisco, Minnesota, Seattle, whoever it is, I think beats Dallas or Philadelphia right now. Parley kid, you don't want any part of the side here. You're taking the total. No, I like what Brian did sound. And the reason why I'm not taking a side here is because I'm going to be taking this game later on in the podcast. Oh, okay. So I, I, so I like the total here, Joe. I like the over uh, in this game. And boy, can you? It's amazing you could lose a game like the 49ers did, and actually kind of probably move up in some rankings. Even I thought they were super impressive in that game uh, as well. Um, uh, over the last three games, including that game, they have scored 90 points. The 49ers, and in the last three games, the Saints have put up 26 plus in their last three games. So. Um, while both these teams are good defensively and very good in some cases, uh, the over here sitting at 44 just seems too tempting for me to not take an over on that. Uh, I, I, this game could easily be 28-24, 24-21. Uh, any of these combinations will put this game over. Uh, if you watched the 49ers run the ball the other day, even against a good Ravens defense, man, they were picking up chunks of yards running the ball when the Ravens knew they were running the ball. They'll be able to get those chunks of yards against the Saints here, too. Uh, I think we're going to see a, a defensive score here from either team. I think this game goes over 44. Uh, take the over. I think so, too. I like that pick. Uh, first of all, Alvin Kamara needs to wake up. I, I, I don't see him going to another yeah. game. Like, just just uh, really blowing it. Like That offense has to do something. San Francisco in the Dome. The one thing they didn't get going last week was Kittle. Um, you have to think that'll change. Now the weather's not yep. a, a factor yep. in the dome. I like that too. 28, 27, somewhere in there. I don't know that I want to lay the three, but uh, I like New Orleans a little bit to win, but I think it's uh, over is the play there. All right, let's take a break. Hey, you guys like Bill Simmons? I'm lukewarm on him too, but he has something to say. So listen to this. Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Against All Odds is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, now available in New Jersey, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Indiana. If you're not in one of those four states, this might sting a bit. But I want to tell you about one of my favorite features on FanDuel Sportsbook. Same game parlays. They let you parlay multiple bets within a single game. For example, parlay the money line, the over, and a player prop. Or parlay the spread, the first half under, and the first TD score. Whatever you want. You get the point. Uh, what's the same game parlay you would bet this week? I don't know. Who are the Patriots playing, Kyle? Chiefs. Yeah. So if you think the Pats offense is going to get off track, do a little same game parlay. Pats in the over. Maybe even do a little Pats. Brady scores the first touchdown. Knock yourself out. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can even get your first bet risk-free. That's right. Place any bet, including same game parlays. FanDuel will refund you up to $500 in site credit. If you don't win, be sure to sign up with promo code ODDS so FanDuel knows we sent you, and if you're not in New Jersey, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, or Indiana, I'm sorry. This couldn't have been easy to hear. And now the legal stuff must be 21 plus and physically present in Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, or West Virginia. Site credit non-withdrawable expires 14 days after receipt. Terms apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, welcome back to uh, Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. I'm here with the degenerate trifecta and heel producer, Jim Cunningham. We're going over the big NFL games in week 14. Holy crap. Where is the season going? Week 14. Now, Baltimore at Buffalo. Buffalo, a home underdog of five and a half, 43 and a half 
is the over under. I, I already declared that I'm not betting against Baltimore under any circumstances, at least for the rest of the regular season. They go out there and kick everybody's ass. It doesn't matter. So many of these games have not meant anything. I know, obviously, I say that and they just jump Patriots. They have the number one seed, so they have meant something, but they're running away with their division. One of the very, very, very few futures bets I won on, I took ball, I took the field versus the Browns for the division title. So that's a winner. Um, I'm interested to hear what you guys, Harry, what do you have to say for this? I know you had Buffalo to make the playoffs. That's a good bet. That's going to win. You like them plus the five and a half. Yeah, I do. You know, a couple trends here too. Bills are five zero and one against spread as an underdog in the last six. Baltimore seven and seventeen on the road after winning most recent road game. Um, Buffalo is now just one game back of the Patriots in the AFC. It's amazing. Uh, their last five wins are all by double digits. Rookie Devin Singletary is an emerging star in this league uh, and is taking control of the backfield for the Bills. He has over uh, seven hundred yards combined. And now, and it will be interesting how their defense tries to attack Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' offense. The Bills are third best in passing yards against and third best in the league in total yards against. Uh, will the Bills be able to put pressure and get to Jackson? Their defense is very special. Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, and rookie Ed Oliver have combined for 18 sacks on the season. The Bills have lost by more than six just once in the last 10 home games. And the Bills and their D keep it close and cover here. I think they lose by three, but keep it close. All right. Good analysis. By the way, Harry wrote down all that in uh, row 47F on a Southwest flight. Chair did not <laughs> recline. He did it all. He was juggling like seven <laughs> drink tickets. He gets free. Uh, so good job by you. Brother Bry, I, I, you know, I love this Josh Allen all of a sudden. I don't know what it is, but I, I thought about it. I think if I had to, going forward, he might be like a top seven, six or seven quarterback I would want. I'm not counting Drew Breeze or Rodgers or, or you know, some of these guys are getting older. I, I think he's like in the top six or seven quarterbacks I would want if I started a team. Well, it's funny that you say it because I was thinking the same exact thing. I mean, you went into the draft last year or after last year, like, all right, well, Mayfield, Darnold, definitely. And then Allen, oh, we're not too sure. But uh -huh. uh, Harry might be onto something. I kind of do like watching this team. Maybe it was just because they beat the shit out of the Cowboys the other day, but uh, Allen's definitely getting better as a passer as well. He threaded some balls in there against the Cowboys. Haven't but, I been saying that for like five weeks? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> You've been no, no, one, no one's uh, Yeah, I mean, I do think they're better with Singletary in there. Um, but, you know, it's funny. For some reason to me, Cole Beasley looks like he's like 20 pounds more than he was on the Cowboys. Uh, looks even, even better as a receiver for the Bills, uh, which shouldn't really be the case. But uh, when that's the line first came out, I think you and Bill talked about it. I thought this line would be like, I thought it would be like four or four and a half, six teams yeah. a little bit too high. I think this is going to be a similar game to the 49ers game, especially like if you watch that 49ers Ravens game, especially in the second half, they definitely had a good game plan defensively to keep Jackson contained. Uh, you really just have to, uh, you really have to make the running backs beat you. Um, you just can't let Jackson get outside of you. But I think the Bills will, do enough, they'll be able to run the ball on them. I'd like Allen to make enough plays with his legs. And to me, you know, they had a few days extra rest. The, the six points to me seems a lot at home in this type of game because I do think the, the Bills are very good. So I would take the Bills plus six. They are. And once again, Baltimore at a rest um, a rest disadvantage. They played the Monday game. They were on a short week, played the 49ers. Now the Bills have 10 days uh, to prepare for the Ravens, and that's Sean McDermott. By the way, that that Bill's locker room was dynamite. I, I hate Parley Kid. I forwarded that tweet to you guys. I, we, they yeah. showed they're celebrating Cole Beasley. Like it's just it's it, and it's it's another knock to the Cowboys right there. Cole Beasley at the Bill. They act as if they've never seen a white receiver before. But um, they were jumping up and down. They gave him the game ball. He oh. gave it back to the defense. It's it just seems like things are clicking in Buffalo. I almost think they're not <laughs> happy with that five seed. They might make a run. At the AFC, it's going to be tough. Uh, speaking of, Patriots home, laying three against the Chiefs, 48-and-a-half is the over-under. I don't know how many times we've seen this before where people are counting the Patriots out and they're loving the Chiefs. Brother Bry, the Chiefs beat up on your uh, Raiders. They went into town. They're like, that's it. We're big brother. We're slapping little brother around. Now they go to New England. I know. I understand he doesn't have the tools. I know he wanted Antonio Brown. 
I know Brady lobbied for, you know, going off the board and getting a wide receiver that can stretch the field, but I still think they get it done. Parley kid, you're not taking the side here. This scares you. You like the total. Yes. I like, uh, like you're saying, I'm one that will never count the pats out. Uh, but I just don't really like this game. I don't have a feel for this game right now. Um, Look, we've seen the Patriots go through some stretches like this before. This is a little bit longer than normal, uh, but sometimes you feel like they're kind of just uh, laying low right now. Maybe they're playing a little possum here, and uh, you know, come the playoff time, they all of a sudden they got a uh, new playbook uh, whipped out, and uh, so let's just take the under in this game, under forty-eight and a half. The total has gone under in seventeen of the past last twenty-four home games especially at this time of the year. The total tends to trend under here. It's going to be cold, of course. And uh, look, you got it. This is uh, it's, a, it's an interesting matchup because you got a standing offense against an outstanding defense and an average offense against an average defense. It kind of plays out in a way that you don't really know how it's going to turn out. I think the safer call here is the under. Um, I'm not sure who's going to win this game. I'm pretty sure this is going under 48 and a half in some weather. Patriots going to be very conservative, run the ball, keep it out of Mahomes' hands. Let's take the under 48 now. I know this hurts you, Parley Kid. I, I believe in your heart you think this is going under, but I also know you are going to have a parlay out there with Mahomes over one and a half touchdown passes. So <laughs> not, a, not a ton of leeway here. You're leaving yourself. You might have three parlays with Mahomes over one and a half. It's usually a winner. <laughs> Speaking of Mahomes, brother, Bri, I watched that. We have a, a mutual friend. Trevor's a big uh, Chiefs fan. You know, that game could have been a lot closer, that Chiefs-Raiders game. Um, I know you thought Jacobs could have run the ball, just keep running. It wasn't like they were down 21-0 in the first quarter. They were down 7-0. And, you know, like I said, um, he had about 100 yards in the first half, Jacobs did. But maybe 80, 90 right in there. It was a formula that was working. But let's talk Pat Mahomes. All the fans are going crazy about his antics and his sideway throws and everything. I feel like, and I might have said this on Simmons' podcast, he's getting into that Brett Favre, Vikings territory where, oh my God, what is this guy doing? And these could easily fall flat as incomplete or intercepted. I don't know. It was a windy day and everything. So maybe that worked out for him, but I don't know. Is that, is that going to be, uh, is that going to be good against his Patriots defense his past defense who before last week had allowed four touchdown passes and now have something to prove? Well, yeah. I mean, that's the big question here. And we were talking about that on Sunday. Um, I do think it's funny. Last year, when Mahomes made some of those plays, I mean, they were phenomenal. It, it seemed like nobody was really around. In the Raider game, I don't know. It, it seemed like he had some really, really, really bad throws. Like either they should have been picked or he was bailed out on a pass interference or he wanted a pass interference or a holding every play. Every time the camera goes to him after one of those checkups, I always see him like, you know, signing a holding. So it's getting frustrating right. watching it. Although, I mean, I still obviously like the guy, but it's frustrating watching it. But uh, that being said, I mean, I think I still like the Chiefs plus three here. Our mutual friend, Trevor, it's all over the Chiefs. We got confident Trevor back, so he's all over the Chiefs this weekend. <laughs> um, but everything is writing off. You know, everyone's writing off the Pats. I'm probably writing them off, too, a little bit just here. I think, I think they're due maybe for one more stinker before they finally start turning around. I mean, their offense has been bad now for four straight weeks. The Ravens game was bad, especially in the first half. Uh, the Philadelphia game was really bad. Uh, the Dallas game was bad. And then Houston was really bad until late in the game when it, it didn't really matter anymore. So the thing is, can the Pats keep up at this point? Can they run the ball? Can they keep the ball away from Mahomes? I don't know. I think they, the Chiefs are still going to put up points regardless on this Pats team. I still think they're going to, I think they're still going to probably get to 27. Uh, hmm. So if that's the case, uh, if that's the case, I think the Pats are going to have to get to 30. I think it's too many. The Chiefs are 9-2-1. Uh, the last 12 is an underdog. So I look for maybe a little bit of a re revenge game from the playoffs last year. I know this is at Pats, and I know I should probably be jumping on the Pats here, but but I like the three here with the Chiefs. And you touched on it, Brian, with the you know Chiefs give up a lot of running rushing yards. That's their Achilles heel. Well, how does Belichick adjust? Because it's not Sony Michelle. Hasn't been Sony Michelle lately. He's kind of been non-existent. Didn't do anything against the Texans. Although, if, if you have James White in fantasy, you're like, 
what the frick, what did I do? I put him on my bench and he scores like 40 points. He was the guy. A lot of it was in garbage time. He was the only one open for uh, these swing passes and everything. But yes, Sony Michelle is going to have to get going, I think, for the Patriots to win this uh, this slugfest. All right, let's go. Seattle and the Rams. What is this, Sunday night? This is Sunday night, right? The Rams are home. This was another weird one. The Rams are an underdog by two and a half. They definitely need the game more to keep pace with the Vikings, whoever else they're chasing. I guess they're just chasing the Vikings at this point for the uh, sixth seed. Uh, 47 is the over-under. We saw Seattle do it again. That's it. I don't know what their record is in one-score games. I think they have nine wins this year in one-score games. I bought the hook, so thank God. Bailey missing that extra point didn't mean anything because Seattle tacked on a meaningless field goal at the end. Ended up winning by seven. Uh, thank God for that. Um, Harry, you like the total in here. This is a tough one. The, the Rams lost this one on a Thursday night game. Uh, Zerline kicked it over the upright. Was it in? Was it out? I don't know. That really torpedoed the Rams season as far as I'm concerned. They've been trying to get back on track. They beat up on Arizona. I don't know if that's a what kind of indicator that is. They always do. They've scored five five straight games. They've beaten them and scored 30-plus points. So I'm not sure if this means that uh, Jared Goff is back on track. But, Harry, you like Goff uh, to score points. Yeah, you know, Sal, I, I, I'm, I can't get these Rams games right, so I'm going to go with the total here. Uh, I agree with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the over 47. Uh, like you mentioned, the earlier game they played when these two hooked up in Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, they combined for 59 points. Uh, Minnesota on Monday had shut down Russell Wilson for the first half, but it's just a matter of time, obviously, until he starts to get rolling and he explodes. Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Penny was great. Uh, they've created a dual threat out of the backfield and both scored touchdowns on Monday versus the Vikings. The Rams and Jared Goff finally had a big game offensively. Uh, like you said, Sally, 424 yards versus the Cards, but it seems like everybody does. Um, he should at home be able to go uh, after one of the poorest uh, teams against the pass in the league, which is Seattle. Uh, Robert Woods, uh, very impressive last two games. He's got almost 300 yards receiving. Um, I'm looking for big-time scoring in L.A. Sunday night. Maybe this game hits 60. All right. All right, Parley Kid, you uh, <laughs> mercifully took this game. Uh, we needed one more person to weigh in on this. I mean, I, I would look. I pulled out my futures sheet, all my futures uh, that I bet in the NFL back in late August, uh, early September, and the thing was drenched. Drenched wet because we covered with my tears just five seconds later after I saw how much I have the round Ram, the Rams. I had them win the, the, the yeah. division. I have them parlayed with the Chiefs yeah. to win the division over 10 and a half yeah. wins to win the Super everything. And it's like that visit yeah. with McVeigh and Jimmy Kimmel Live dressing rooms, it's going to cost me $20,000. You didn't do so hot yourself with that because we were so impressed with him. Can they beat the Seahawks? Yeah, no, when we had a chance to meet him, kind of validated everything I was hoping he would say, because like, I had liked the Rams coming into this year, and mm-hmm. it kind of was like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to be great. We're going to be throwing the ball all over the place. Scott's going to throw 40 touchdowns. Uh, you know, and um, so it kind of went on all these overs with the Rams, and uh, it's kind of backfired. But I'm going to I'm gonna give McVay one last chance here, Sal. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams getting this these uh, two and a half points, and totally agree with you. That, that game against Arizona could have been a mirage. Um, I'm not really sure what it really means for the Rams. But I think, you know, when you're a quarterback, I think when you come off a game like that, Goff's got to be feeling pretty good. So I'm banking on he's going to carry some momentum over. Because let's face it, the one thing is for sure, the Seahawks do give up some points here and there. You know, it's not like this they yeah. have a dominant defense. Their secondary is kind of weak. Um, I do think the Rams are going to score. I think they're in desperation mode here. They're kind of finally healthy. They had their full receiving core back. Curly's running a little bit better. Their line is not spectacular, but we know how Seattle plays these games, right? So every game is coming down to the wire. They normally don't play well here. Um, uh, McVay has fared very well at home against uh, Seattle. Um, I think Seattle might be due for a little bit of a clunker. Uh, To be safe, we're just taking the Rams plus the two and a half. They are so due for a clunker, but the the numbers speak for themselves. If you can get them on a three-team teaser plus seven and a half, just do it. I'd find the other two teams where I can't help you, but they just don't. This is true. They, these one-score games, that's all they play. It's crazy. I guess they've got blown out once, but unbelievable. 
what they've done. And, you know, this is why I like to hear Brady crying about the receivers and Patriots. Which, who is who is Russell Wilson thrown to? I know he has Metcalf, um, but who do he have with? He had more Hollister, the way he finds these guys. He, he makes plays yeah. for himself, I guess, because he can move with his legs. He's always a threat, and some of these guys are open. But I can't say enough about Russell Wilson. Unfortunately, Lamar Jackson's in the league, too, so he's going to run away, I think, with the MVP. All right, that's our NFL analysis now. Before the NFL, before Sunday starts, we have a lot of good college action. Uh, The conference championship games this week, it's pretty clear that Clemson's going to the playoff. It's pretty clear Ohio State's going to the playoff. And it's pretty clear that LSU is going to the playoff. Who is the fourth team? Is it Georgia? Is it Utah? Or is it Oklahoma? I think those are our only choices at this point. You know what I say? I know this is an unpopular take. Committee should say, you know what? We're taking three teams this year. We're having a round-robin tournament with LSU, Clemson, Ohio State. Who cares who's number four? We've seen enough. I think every year the committee should say, hey, it's our secret. We're going to tell you. There's three teams. There's six teams. There's two teams. That's how we're going to do it. I know nobody likes that idea. But let's start Friday, uh, Pac-10, Pac-12. Is that what it is? Utah minus six and a half, 50 and a half over Oregon. Then you got Big 12 in the morning. Oklahoma minus eight and a half, 62 and a half over Baylor, who they already beat. Harry's Memphis team, minus nine and a half, 58 versus Cincinnati. I'm surprised that was that high. That was high in the first place last week because Memphis needed the game to get into this conference championship game. Then you got LSU, minus seven. Boy, that might be two, two and a half points higher than I thought. Uh, 55 versus Georgia. Clemson, 28 and a half, 54 versus Virginia. It's funny. You see some of these online sites. When they first came out with that game, I think they had 18, 19. They were off by that, by like 10 points on that game. And then Ohio State, 16 and a half, 55 over Wisconsin. They already beat them. Brother Bry, you like that game, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Yeah, give me Ohio State minus 16 and a half. I just don't see how Wisconsin keeps this game close unless Taylor can run for 200 yards and they can keep the ball away from Ohio State and they can force a bunch of turnovers. And none of that happened the first time they played. Uh, so I just don't, if, when you watch Wisconsin's offense, I just don't know how they keep up. Once Ohio State gets in a rhythm, like you saw in the Michigan game, once they get in a the rhythm, they just keep scoring. The same thing happened at Wisconsin game. They started off slow, and then I think they scored touchdowns on five of the last six, uh, five of the last six drives. So it's going to be indoors too. Ohio State's going to look really fast. Um, I don't know. I to me, it's like while people may say Ohio State is is in a win mode regardless, I think they still want to prove they're the number one seed in the playoffs, right? Because you don't want to play Clemson, right? In the semifinals, I think that's the one team Ohio State probably wouldn't really want to play, and I don't think anybody really wants to play is Clemson. So I think you're fighting LSU and Ohio State. I think you're going to want to look really impressive to get that one seed. I just think, uh, to me, this seems like it's going to be like a 45-17 game. They're going to put up points. Wisconsin's not going to be able to keep uh, keep it close. Uh, you also look at some trends. Ohio State's 9-2 and against the spread. The last eleven against the conference, they were six and one against the spread against Wisconsin. Uh, I just think this is another blowout. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't think this number is too big. Buckeyes have recent wins against Wisconsin. You said it by fifty nine and thirty one. Uh, this is arguably a better squad than either of those teams when when they played them. Obviously, they been, one of those games is the regular season. They win by thirty eight points per game this year. Every game by double digits. I think Chase Young has his way uh, with Cone. Jonathan Taylor is ineffective like he was in the first game. It's just it's it's going to be over very early. I'm with you here. Par, um, now, Harry, you had Wisconsin. You're still bragging. Even yesterday on text, you're, text, you're bragging about Wisconsin. You had them 20 to 1. What were they, 20 to 1 to win this uh, this conference? But so yeah. what? We knew they'd get to this point, or we're pretty sure they would get to this uh, point. We didn't know that for sure. Well, what Minnesota was it, like 3 to 1 odds time. that they get to this point? What did you, what it was, what could it have been? Well, it was twenty to one at the time, and Minnesota had the uh, had the uh, inside track to getting to the championship game. They needed to, Wisconsin needed uh, Minnesota to lose somewhere. They did to Iowa. Wisconsin took care of their business, and now they're in the championship game. You can't get twenty to one now, can you? All right, no, you can't. But it was. I'm just saying, <laughs> you didn't make up a ton of difference here. What can you get now in this game? I'm trying to, I didn't even see. You can get for this game. All right, you can get plus 550. All right, okay. Well, listen, you have to win. I, I don't know if you have any recommendations yeah, how to win, hedge right? out of your win, out of your Wisconsin bet, but you're not taking this game anyway. You like the uh, ACC championship. 
Yeah, you know what? Honestly, on uh, Saturday, there might be blowouts all over the place, and definitely uh, when it comes to Clemson. I'm not a big fan of laying huge points, but, I mean, the ACC is so bad. I mean, Clemson is just rolling through everybody. It's it's, it's actually crazy. It's, it's, it's Listening to Dabo in interviews, too, how he feels uh, the committee is disrespecting him and his team, it's hilarious. I mean, this team is – he knows how good this team is. They've scored 543 points this year. They've only given up 121. Uh, they're 13 and two against the spread in the last 15 against the conference. They're 27 and 0 straight up, 27 straight wins, averaging by 33 points a game. Uh, they're fourth in total offense, getting 542 yards in, in, in uh, a game in the NCAA. And since their scare versus North Carolina, it's been seven games where they've just given up just 61 points, and they've scored at least 38 or more in all those games. It's interesting. Trevor Lawrence, uh, after a little sluggish start to the season. Wound up with 37 total touchdowns, ATN 1,700 yards. And T. Higgins just has 43 catches, but for 900 yards, he's getting 21 yards a catch. And it'll be interesting to watch also on defense. Isaiah Simmons, watch for him, the linebacker. He's got 112 tackles, seven sacks. See what he does to Bryce Perkins, the, uh, the quarterback for uh, Virginia, who was supposed to have a better season than he did, only completing 64% of his uh, passes. Only 16 touchdowns. Virginia in their last five games, giving up 28-31, 28-27-30 versus lackluster teams in the ACC. Clemson could be covering the 28-and-a-half by halftime. I see them putting up 55, winning this game by 35. I kind of agree, but the number is so big. I bet Virginia last week against Virginia Tech in that first half. They started to pour it on the second half. There was was some scoring, but that was a miserable first half to watch. I know Virginia Mm -hmm. Tech sucks, and they make everyone else look bad with their kind of style of play, but if they play Virginia like they did last week, they're going to be down 21-3 early in the second quarter. I like the team total, 13. I'm going to go under there. I'm, I'm with you on Clemson laying a smackdown on them. I think defensively they get it done. And Virginia ends up with three, six, ten, somewhere in there under uh, 13 total points there. But Harry likes the favorite Clemson. All right, Parlay Kid, you are going Big 12 here. This could be a game. Yep. Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma minus eight and a half. It was a great game. 62 and a half is the over on the when they played during the regular season. Uh, Baylor was up a ton on Oklahoma. I think you could get at yep. one point, you could probably get plus 350. On Oklahoma, and they came back. They scored every drive. They three and outed Baylor um, just about every drive in the second half. Um, offensively, Baylor couldn't get it going. Um, but I'll tell you, I'm sick of this Oklahoma team. For a team that needs to impress the committee, the last four weeks, brother Bry, you were on this with with one of these weeks for me. Three last three of the last four, I bet their team total over. They are either six points away, three points away, a half point away. Stupid shit happens. They fumble at the one yard line. I don't know if I trust this Oklahoma team. I know they need to win. You like the underdog, right, Parla Kid? Yeah, I like I like uh, Baylor here getting the eight and a half. Uh, I actually think they could possibly win this game, but uh, I really do like the eight and a half. Oklahoma style is uh, this season they're five and seven against the spread. So kind of like what you're saying, kind of a frustrating team. Uh, it seems like they should be much better than that with some of the uh, offensive numbers they put up throughout the year. Baylor's eight and four against the spread this season. I feel like Baylor's peaking at the right time. I think they're an excellent football team right now. Could easily be talking about being undefeated if they if Oklahoma hadn't staged that fantastic comeback. And I kind of like the fact in this game. I always like the team that lost just a few weeks ago. I think it's much easier as a coach to get your team fired up for that game as a revenge game than. Uh, is uh, it, what's going to be in Oklahoma's locker room, I think. Uh, Matt Rule, really good coach, Harry. He was almost a giant coach, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Probably wish he was uh, coach in the Giants. Very underrated coach. I think Baylor's got a, just a very good, very a solid uh, passing game and a very solid running game. They could do a little bit of both. This game is going to be close, regardless, I think, uh, of what happens. So I think here you take the eight and a half. Uh, with Baylor getting that, and uh, and you hope uh, maybe they ever win. I'm actually rooting for them to win, but I'm going to take the eight and a half here and say they cover the game. All right, I think that's good. If one of these games has to be good, I think that could be the one. Uh, yeah. It could be Utah the, the night before Friday, Utah 
Oregon, that could be fun. Let's root for Utah there. Brother Bry has a lot, like many, many mortgage payments on Utah to win that conference. No, I'm kidding. But he does have that <laughs> as a futures. We like to talk about the futures that have a chance to win because there aren't that many. All right, we're probably going to talk more college in a minute. I imagine one of these guys or all of these guys will have a college bet as their best bet in Sharp Tank. But let's take a break and talk about the zone. You know, it's fight season on the zone where you can get a stacked lineup of the biggest fights featuring the biggest stars in boxing like Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz. Yes, fight of the year is here. December 7th, that's this week, kicks off early, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. First fight, real life Rocky story. Joshua undefeated. His opponent was dropped after failing a drug test. Ruiz volunteered himself as a replacement. He actually slid into the DMs of Joshua's promoter on Instagram. He asked for a shot. This all happened a month before the fight. You know, you usually need, what, six, eight weeks for training camp. Ruiz wins it. He knocks out Joshua in the seventh round, ending his uh, undefeated record and becoming the new heavyweight champion. The Zone app is available on all your devices. Make December 7th an epic sports day. Get your college football championship games and stream Ruiz versus Joshua rematch on a second screen. A three-belt heavyweight title. College football playoff all decided before dinner. Don't miss a second of the action. December 7th, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific, only on the zone. Not only the best schedule in boxing history, best value too. You get everything, every fight, original content, all live and on demand for one low price. Just download the zone app to start watching. Wow, brother Bri, this is a fun fight. I've gone back and forth. Um, Ruiz lost weight. He was like this pudgy, you know, Latino boxer who like came out of nowhere, beat up on Joshua. He, he didn't do the uh, Buster Douglas thing. Buster Douglas in the re- in the match against uh, Vanda Holyfield after the Tyson miracle, he gained 35 pounds. I thought same thing for Ruiz. No, he lost weight. He's taking this seriously. Do you buy it? Uh, I'm, I'm the same way as you. I, I, I keep going back and forth. I, I don't love the Joshua minus 200 to 230, whatever it's showing at. What I would do, the one thing I think I'm going to bet in this fight is I think I'm either going to bet a Joshua – by decision, which I've seen as high as like plus 375 or Ruiz by knockout. I either see Joshua just being hmm. conservative in this fight and kind of just jabbing his way to a victory or maybe seeing the same thing with Ruiz again because maybe Joshua's chin's not that great. I mean, Ruiz is a guy who's never been knocked out in a fight. So I know he got knocked down in that fight, but he came back and he looked good after that. So uh, I think those are the two ways. It just because you get some value there. I don't love laying the minus 230 with Joshua right now, So, uh, right. but it's going to be fun. I, I, I'm excited for it. Parlay Kid, real quick, which way are you leaning? Uh, no, nothing in that first fight says I shouldn't take Ruiz, so let's take Ruiz again by knockout. Uh, I think Joshua, uh, when the going gets tough, uh, he goes, uh, you know, goes soft, and I think we could see that happening again here. Uh, like Brian said, I think it'll be a little conservative, Joshua. Try to beat him with the jab, beat him with the jab. But Ruiz was able to get inside uh, last fight. I think he'll stick to a very similar game plan. And I think somehow or another, who would have thought that we'd be saying this like a year ago? Uh, let's say Ruiz uh, wins this fight again. All right. You know, you get nice odds for Ruiz in round six, seven, eight, nine. You get 22, 22, 25, 33. You're right in there, uh, depending on where you bet it. But um, I like that result, too. I like the underdog here. Joshua just doesn't seem right. I'm not even, I'm just, I'm looking at the interviews and everything else and, oh man, it's going to be fun. I could see both guys maybe getting knocked down, but um, yeah. Oh, Harry, you have a thought on this. Harry just texted me, asking me for the fight. Go ahead. What do you think? Oh, I'm just, oh, just going to go. I'm going to go Joshua. I'm just going to event. I'm just going to go against the parlay kid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Harry, you should see Ruiz as a, uh, an inspiration. He's um, hundreds and hundreds of pounds and then lost weight. Remember you did that once? I did that twice. Yeah. You did it twice. <laughs> All right. I remember the once. Uh, I hope it happens again. I don't know. I don't know what happens. All right. That's all on the zone. And that brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Um, whether you believe in this Freddie Kitchens t shirt, he wore a t shirt during the week, he was spotted. Uh, wearing the shirt that said, what did it say? Pittsburgh started it. Is that what it said? Yeah, yeah I can't even remember. I think that's what yeah, it said. Pittsburgh so. started it. Yeah. Yep, that's uh, big t-shirt went viral. I don't think that's why the Browns lost to the Steelers, but it sure doesn't help 
Doesn't seem like something a head coach would do. I, I wouldn't see Belichick doing it. But it got the captain thinking about what is the most controversial or greatest sports T-shirt out there through history, and we could put odds on it. And he said, all right, let's do it. Captain Morgan's got all this power. So we did it. Pittsburgh started at 4-1 to one odds. Catholics versus cons. Oh, Notre Dame, Miami back in the day, 9-2 to two odds. Drake's Home Alone shirt. That's a jab at uh, at Kevin Durant last year in the finals, 11-2 to two odds. How about this? The UC Santa Cruz Banana Slugs shirt that Travolta wore in Pulp Fiction, 10-1 to one odds. Or you can get the field at 5-2. to two. Let's start with you, Brother Bry. What do you like? I was going to originally go to the field and say, well, the worst T-shirt was probably Anthony Davis trolling his own fan base with the that's all folks, because that was that was bad because the other right. ones are more in fun. That one was kind of a, an asshole move to the fans. But I do think the best, dumbest one was the Freddie Kitchens one. Like, why would you do that? Uh, I have no idea. You have one of the dirtiest plays in NFL history, right? And you're out there basically publicly supporting it after all of this came out. At Freddie Kitchen, you've accomplished nothing. The season's been a big disappointment. And you're giving now you're giving the Steelers even more bulletin board material to beat you. You're playing in Pittsburgh. Man, that was dumb. I but like we've said before, I mean, I do love everything about Freddie Kitchens. He's like bugger to me. I don't want those guys to ever leave the NFL. <laughs> um so uh so I just think it was it, to me that was just so dumb. Uh but it, so dumb it was great. By the way, maybe that's a good thing. I mean, I, I love it the way it is now, but what if they were to reverse role? How would Booger be as a head coach? How would Freddie Kitchens be in the booth? I think it'd be just as uh, gratifying. I really do. They should do every year. They should switch off. That'd be such a treat for the fans. All right, Harry, what's your favorite T-shirt? You know what? I'm going to go uh, Catholics uh, versus cons. That was great. Uh, the buildup and the hype was huge, and it lived up to it. It was back in 1988. Uh, Notre Dame, probably the most prestigious Catholic school in the country versus the University of Miami. And uh, the game really was awesome, too. Uh, Irish won 31-30. Then coach Jimmy Johnson went for two points and uh, the win instead of the tie. Remember, there was no ties, uh, Mm -hmm. no overtime back then. So um, didn't get it. Irish went on to win the national championship. Miami finished second. And it was such a big thing. Uh, actually, uh, ESPN even came out with a 30 for 30 for it. So that was a, that was a huge buildup type of game versus two different types of teams from two different parts of the country. And it really built, uh, really, uh, was huge and it was great. And the shirt itself was the subject of that Catholics versus cons when, uh, when just, a it was a, it was a student that made it and infringed yeah. on copyright laws and it became a big thing. Uh, but yes, that's a fun 30 for 30. If you want to catch that. All right. Parlay kid. What's which which shirt are we betting on here? Well, you know, so I was going to take the Catholics versus the cons, like Harry did, because I thought that was uh, that really brought a lot of juice to that game. It was fantastic. Uh, but this weekend, now that I'm thinking about it, so I'm, I'm actually going to take the field. I actually saw a very controversial shirt this weekend worn by Brother Brian. Um, Harry Brian was wearing a shirt. It had a picture of Harry, and it said "hippity dippity." I don't. I think this could fall into the sports <laughs> column here. Can we give some of those out? Can I'm we somehow get those? Controversial. Yeah, get, gotta get more of them. Controversial yeah. one because "hippity dippity" was Harry probably doesn't happen, and two, this it was Harry looked rather slim on the shirt. So the controversy there. I think people could argue that T-shirt. But Sal, Brian's got to market this shirt. That's why I'm mentioning it. <laughs> People would buy it. It's a great T-shirt. Harry with the shirt open, hippity-dippity, loving the thing. Harry, right? You remember that. Brian yeah. actually has that T-shirt. Let's get it out there. So let's take that T-shirt as most controversial because we know Harry is not getting much. Hippity-dippity slowed down for for quite some time. <laughs> Hippity-dippity, that, that was Harry's rallying cry for when he would uh, roll around the sack with his uh, with his beloved. And it, 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 thousands of our listeners vomited at once. It was amazing. It was like the first time that ever we set a record for um, simultaneous uh, up-chucking. Um, Jim Cunningham, hippity-dippity aside, what's your favorite T-shirt? Or maybe that's your favorite. No, that's definitely not my favorite. I like uh, also from the field, I like the And One Basketball T-shirts from the nineties that just uh-huh. featured like a bald trash talking shirtless guy who had no mouth, but he was still trash talking. It had all these slogans. Like I'm the bus right. driver. I take everyone to school. I'm the mayor. I do work from downtown <laughs> and who could forget. You'll always be the big man inside when you're slamming the big Johnson. Oh no, that was big Johnson, but big Johnson basketball, but whatever. 
<laughs> you guys get the point. All right, Jim, you definitely went off the board there. I like that. Uh, Liz, I had a bunch too. I was thinking of, I think I get partly kid. Do you have a, it was a catch. It was uh I, I don't know if it was on I Pinterest have, or whatever. What? I, you're right. It was a catch. I had that t-shirt. Uh, it, it was a silhouetted number 88 yeah. catching the ball. Like just like he did in green Bay from uh Tony Romo. It was a catch. I wore it at some uh, convention in Dallas. I, 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 I unveiled it. The, the place went crazy uh, years ago. Um, I also, uh, oh, and then th- this was the biggest misfire, I would say. I had a Des Romo 2016, like an election shirt. Des Romo 2016 shirt. I bought it at training camp. I was so proud of myself. They didn't, they didn't run a snap together that year. So sad. So sad what happened to Romo in that uh, preseason game. Ended his career. Ah, very sad. That, that never happened 2016. But I will say... The greatest T-shirt, it was a bunch of T-shirts. I had a paper route when I was 13 years old. I was a huge Rowdy Roddy Piper fan. And every Saturday after delivering my papers, I would bike all the way down to, what was it? The Comac, uh, Comac uh, Flea Market. Was that it, Parley Kid? Yep. Was it called Pope? Yep. Comac? Yeah, that was it. And inside, they would make shirts. And like Roddy Piper, every week, he would have a different shirt. It was like a homemade shirt. He had the one with the panther on it. I had like four of those. He had one with Pay the Piper. I had that made up. Every Saturday, I'd have a different one. Whatever he'd have on Piper's Pit, I would go. I'd spend $16. I was only making like $37. So almost half of it went to Piper shirts. Uh, every time you think you have the answers, I change the questions. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. I'm all out of bubble. I went through, I must have 15 shirts, uh, Roddy Piper, and uh, I loved every one of them. And that is going to be my uh, shirt. That's a field bet at five to two. And that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right. Sharp Tank, uh, Parley Kid a loser, Harry a loser, Brother Brian winner. Jim Cunningham's going to have his $2 million bet for us in a second. Brother Bry, start us off with another winner. All right. I hate to do this, but I am, I'm watching the Raiders fall apart right in front of my eyes. So I'm going to take the Titans minus three. You could probably get it at minus 120, like two and a half, uh, if you feel a little bit better with that. But the injuries are finally starting to catch up to the Raiders' secondary and linebacking core. With Renfro out, it's killing them right now. Offensively, they've been bad in three streaks three straight games. I just don't see it getting a lot better unless you can get the ball to Jacobs or maybe Waller 50 times a game. Derek seems fidgety again in the pocket all of a sudden. Some similar issues he's had in the past, although I can't really blame him because there's really nobody to throw to. Uh, I know some some things will say Derek hasn't lost to the Titans, but I've seen Tannehill carve up the Raiders too many times. I think he's 3-0 and and they've blown him out all three times. So I just don't see us stopping anyone right now Titans are playing really well. The Raiders can't win this game, I don't think, unless we're you know plus in the turnover uh, margin. But it's you know Titans are one of the top teams um, in turnover margin. So um, I would take I would take the Titans here, because uh, uh, but I feel bad. But I, but I would take the Titans. I know you feel bad. This is a happiness hedge, is what we call in the business. Except <laughs> you might get middle. The Titans could win by one or two though. on a field goal, and then your team loses. And your bet doesn't cover. I will right, we'll get back to Titans minus three in a second. Paulie Kid, what's your best bet? Trying to keep it simple this week. I, you know, debated parlays. Uh, maybe dedicating one to uh, what's his name, Josh Shaw from the Cardinals. Uh, oh yeah. Who, um, who uh, whose parlays are much worse than my parlays? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that, that, that was that was embarrassing. He got busted by the uh, league, suspended. He's, he's out. He's out for good. Happened to had oh. happened like thirty five years. Goodell. Smacked down on him and said, "No, you can't bet." He actually didn't. He have the Cardinals on the parlay. He had against the Cardinals, I believe. Oh, against the Cardinals, the right? The Buccaneers uh, in the second half. Now he wasn't. Uh, he was on the injured list, so uh, right. he wasn't part of the game. But um, did have the Cardinals, I think, on it against. Uh, I think against the Cardinals, the Buccaneers' second half line, something like that, on a parlay. Which uh, I mean, who who does that? Unless yeah, and the league frowns on that. So you you really didn't know. How could you ever know that Roger Goodell didn't like uh you know turn his back on things like this? But yeah, that was it. He got busted. <laughs> Crazy. So <laughs> I'm so I'm gonna stick, I'm gonna t- I'm not gonna go with the parlay. Gonna keep it simple. It's a game we already talked about. 49ers getting three points here uh, this week in in uh, against the Saints. I think the Saints their their line is banged up. 
49ers have struggled. If, if they have struggled, it's been with quarterbacks who can move around in the pocket a little bit. Breeze cannot. I think they're going to bring the heat all day to Breeze. Uh, I think uh, getting three here is kind of a safe bet. I, and I think if you even wanted to bet the money line, I think the 49ers might actually win this game. But let's take the 49ers plus three uh, for my best bet this week. All right, Harry, we'll get back to that in a second. It seems logical. Harry, uh, what's your best bet? Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I know it seems like the Chargers find new ways to lose every single week, but I'm going to roll with them this week at minus two and a half against the Jaguars. They're still a pretty, pretty talented team. They just can't close out games. Look, L.A. has lost eight games by a grand total of just 39 points. Uh, this won't come into play because they will put up points early and often against Jacksonville. Uh, Chargers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler are still doing uh, a decent job. They've combined for over 2,400 yards receiving. Jaguars have many issues, especially a quarterback. They're just 1-6 and six against the spread in the last seven games when hosting a West Coast team, and are 1-6 straight up and 0-7 and against the spread in their last seven games against the Chargers, and the Jags are 0-4 against the spread and straight up in their last four as an underdog. I think the Chargers win this game going away on the road. Maybe this is what they need is to get away, play on the East Coast. I think they win this game by double digits. Oh, shame on you, Harry. Honestly, this is, this is an arrogant pick. I mean, the Chargers... Hey. Whatever cosmic force they've created with the NFL, which, you know, you think your bet is going to turn this team around. Honestly, you said it yourself. They're a talented team that can't close out games. Brother Brian, we know how this is going to go. They're going to have 20. They're going to have 21. They're going to have 24. In the last four minutes, you pull up some popcorn, you watch. I'm not saying Jacksonville scores 30 or 40 a game, whatever. They're going to blow. Why would you even take a chance? They're going to blow it one way or another. They do find different ways. It doesn't seem like they find different ways to lose. They absolutely find different ways to lose. They're looking for them. Uh, the Phil Rivers meltdown is the one thing you could root for anymore. So why would you? I, I don't want any part of that. Chargers minus two and a half. I'm sorry. Uh, Brother Bry, I don't. Uh, the Titans minus three. I, I get a, an ass full of Clay Travis talking about this team. And I think they are pretty good. They also have that horseshoe there going. The block kick against the Colts. They win that that close game seems like they hadn't beaten the Colts in forever and they finally do it. Maybe there's some mojo there. It's definitely a loser leaves town match for your Raiders. I just, I just can't do it. I'm not going to do it. And you know what? I like the parlay kids bet better. Anyway, 49ers plus three. I think you're right. Parlay kid pocket passer like breeze who is obviously like taking more time to throw the ball and surveying the landscape a little more. And that's not going to bode well for him and with Bosa in his face the whole game. Um, plus three is not bad. I don't love the travel so much for the 49ers, but I think that's, yeah. a, that's a good bet. I'm taking you. I'm jumping on board with the parlay kid. That's my sharp tank pick. Plus three, 49ers at New Orleans. Jim Cunningham, $2 million. You can't keep losing $2 million, Jim. You got to win one of these. I know. Come I on, know. let's do it. I was thinking about just quitting betting football altogether, and I was going to like no. go after the Oscars, and I was thinking like Joe <laughs> Pesci for The Irishman, but I saw it, and it was just too short, so I don't think he's going to win. But, yeah, right. It's true. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to stick with football, and I like my new favorite team, the Miami Dolphins, over the Jets, plus five and a half. Even before that crazy play, if you watched, like they had eight plays inside the 10-yard line that were hilarious. Ryan Fitzpatrick just getting killed on every play. They had no protection. So then they just got rid of all the offensive linemen. Plus, they try onside kicks all the time for no reason. They're fantastic. Yeah, they are a dumb team. They really are. Yeah. That was great. I loved it. I know the parlay kid loved it because we're rooting against the Eagles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Jets laying five and a half is probably a lot at this point. Harry, you you continue to watch Sam Darnold. You want him to fail? I don't think this is a game he fails in. Maybe they don't cover, but I think the Jets pull this out. That that's not bad though, Jim. Plus five. And I think Jamal Adams is out though. What's that? Yeah, that's Adams is out. Yeah. But I will. You really you just don't want to uh, you don't want to sway from this, this system of betting against <laughs> or on the Jets or Giants. This is I was betting Miami no matter what after watching uh, Fitzpatrick like, right. run first. All life. right, it's only two million dollars. All right, hey, yeah. What do you guys got going on, brother Bry? Um, at the brother Bry, um, just, uh, I don't know. It's going to be all sports this week. I'm not going to leave my couch. Uh, I did like the, we didn't really touch on it, but I, that LSU, the LSU game against Georgia, kind of that line seems a little high, which makes me like LSU a little bit more. And plus with those 
the injuries yeah. with Swift and then the Pickens yeah. guy being out of half and Cager being out. Uh, I, I'd like them to cover the seven in this game. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be all sports. Uh, we, you know, I get the, my daughters have some really bad basketball games to go to, so uh, I've got that nice. going. Nice. Yeah, and you're right. And I looked at Georgia. Forget about the Georgia Tech game, but their games against the SEC, they they can't break 24. I mean, at, at some point, you just have to – you're not going to be able to score enough points to beat Burrow out there. I don't care where the game is. They, really, look at their last five SEC games. They they smacked Tennessee around the second half. And then after that, I think 24 is their biggest t- point total in any SEC game. Uh, Parley Kid, what do you got going? I'm at the Chalk Talker Sal. Got a lot of high school basketball coming up this week. Uh, and so, how about a little Islanders talk right here? Doing great. One of the top teams in hockey. Um, people can't forget about that story. What a great story. And how about my Dayton Flyers, Sal? Great time out in, uh, in Maui. Ranked 19th in the country right now, and they are legit, especially according you to love them. Dayton Titans. They are legit. Wow. All right. Dayton Flyers, you love them for the Sweet 16. Uh, basketball's oh, a little yeah. bit of college basketball's a little bit of a mess. I will say this, but with the Islanders, Parley Kid, our good friend uh, Nick Santora texted me at 1145 last night. He says, is the Islanders' money line over the Canadians 105 on a 100 bet? If so, that's got to be the worst line I've ever seen. If that's the case, I'll put – well, I won't say how much he wants put on it. Uh, if I'm reading the line wrong, I retract it. You should get in on this. Montreal lost eight in a row. Lee and Eberle are scoring again. Isles a healthy record in the second game of back-to-back. It's 14-1-1 and on their trots. They travel from Detroit to Montreal. It's nothing big. This game will be over by the time a lot of you listen to this, but – uh, what what is with that line? What am I missing? Uh, Islanders at Montreal. No, I don't think you're missing anything. I, I think that line is probably where it should be. Uh, all those numbers you gave are correct. Uh, but no, again, uh, how much faith can you, Montreal do for a win here? Um, yeah. Islanders have been playing well and come, you know, they're traveling now. So uh, I think that's where it should be. But um, right. Islanders are great on. Back-to-back, most hockey teams are not great on back-to-back games. Islanders on yeah. the trots almost never lose the second of a, of a back-to-back. So it makes good points. I don't know if i touch it, though. All right. Harry, uh, you kind of have season tickets to the Coyotes, but I, I don't know what your story is. Do you go to those games anymore? I've been to three games this year, not too many. Uh, but they are playing well, too. They are like it. Maybe uh, Coyotes-Islanders for the uh, Stanley let's Cup. Do That'd be something. Let's, do let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, but yeah, um, but other than that, I, I'm I'm an AO Harry. Uh, you can catch uh, me and my articles at Odd Shark. Um, Sal, I'll be at your place next week. Um, so you will a lot of college football. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, Tony's party. Oh shit! Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I wasn't so we'll, uh, prepared for it. That's right. <laughs> so I'll be at your place. Uh, I mean, then uh, you know, um, then uh, so I guess it's just a lot of college football this weekend. I was in Utah last weekend, and on Tuesday, next Tuesday, I don't know if we're doing the show. Wednesday of next week or Tuesday, but next Tuesday night here in Phoenix, Daughtry in concert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're doing the podcast Can't Tuesday wait. night at uh, at seven o'clock. I'm sorry, you have to miss that. <laughs> Can't this, right? wait. But also tomorrow we'll find out more. Uh, tomorrow I've got my uh, follow up doctor appointment, so got some. That's a, okay. not the greatest news Ooh. lately. So uh, we'll see what happens when I see. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if you wanted to make this public, but yeah, you did not. You get oh, you sure. did get some not great news. So. Uh, Thoughts and prayers uh, out there for Harry in row 38F. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim Cunningham, the eyes are uh, are once. Right? Yeah, what an act to follow after that news. Thanks. Uh, yeah, Jim at Jim Cunningham, the eyes are ones. All right, and you you have uh, one. Jer- you have a physical coming up, or you don't want to talk about it. I, I need one. Yeah. All right. There you go. That'll be another. That's another episode of Against the Odds with Cousin Sal. Thursday night football pregame show. Listen, an inside joke, born here at the ringer, comes to life. The clapper will be featured in my bit. I think you're going to like this parlay, kid. Lock it in on FS1, 430 to 530 Eastern. Uh, check that out on FS1. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, 1135 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and heel producer Jim Cunningham. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, na, na.